up, world? And welcome back to another victorious episode of the Amera Podcast. Yeah, I would say it is victorious. Hell yeah! And the crowd goes wild, 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 wild. We're back this evening with another episode. We have the original crew minus one John Kelly here for you this evening on the beautiful Thursday, November 17th, 2022. John Kelly is currently in Washington, D.C., running as a uh, consensus moderate candidate for Speaker of the House. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Please throw your support behind him. Call your Congress person. God. We are just going to uh, finish updating everybody on the midterms that just happened. We last episode weren't quite sure who was going to win a few seats in the house and the Senate, but it's over now. So here we are. Before we do that, we have with us West Coast correspondent Tyler Grillo. How are you this evening? I get to go first. Um, I'm so well. Uh... Yeah, well, I am. I am well, but I'm gonna say I've been breaking a number of things this week, which always is like a good reminder to slow down and drop in. Something's going on, but one of those things was, you know, those like giant, like five gallon things of like spring water. I was like putting in a new one, but it had rained the night before. But I like didn't really think about that, and it was wet and it slipped and it shattered all over my floor and all the water. It It was. And you know those things where you're just like, I don't even know where to start cleaning this up. You You know, you're like, "Ah, at it for a while. Yeah, but then there's water going everywhere, so I'm like, uh, I also have to stop the flooding from happening. Oh, it was, dude, it was bad. It was a situation. It's okay. Everything's cleaned up now. I just the only thing left is to take care of the gashes in my wood floor that it left because you know, (laughs) that's like, dude, good thing it didn't like land on your foot. I know. I was lucky, and I tried to catch it too, so I fell, and it's like I was like. Afterwards, I was thinking, like, that's a final destination thing where, like, I hit the ground before it did, but what if it did? And then, like, I just, like, landed on a shard of glass and just, like, killed myself. You know? Oh, it like, was glass, what? too? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, it was glass. Dude, that makes it so complicated to clean up. It was. It was so bad. I'm still just like every day vacuuming a little bit more because I'm, yeah. like, I'm just finding like little tiny pieces here and there. And I oh, thought dropping no. my coffee cup in the shower and breaking it the other day was bad. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, you know, oh, um, glad that a state too. of our democracy isn't that bad. Oh, yeah. The cats. Oh, the cats were great, though. The cats were like, ooh. I'm just gonna stay away from this. They were like, yeah. I'm, but I'm worried about them generally, of course, but yeah. with glass around. But Whoa. I think it's okay. Say la vie, everybody. You know, can't cry over shattered water jugs. True. That that's that's in the constitution. It is in the constitution. Also with us, our Denver Metro correspondent, one of them, John Anderson. How are you? Oh my God, we're still in the intro. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Adulthood is hard, turns out, sometimes. <laughs> Adulthood is very hard, actually, but it's like one of those things where if you practice it every day, you just get used to it, and yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that started in an optimistic direction, and then it just kind of was like... Yeah, yeah, I thought maybe I had something, adulthood. and then now it... No. <laughs> That petered out a little bit. It petered out a little bit, kind of like the red wave. 
Hey. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, did uh, they they had some victory? I mean, they won the house, yeah. right? Like yeah, they, they won, won the house, house. so they well, picked so up. Twisted. They picked up uh, nine seats so far. Um, it looks like they're going to end up probably in. They're at two eighteen. The majority's uh, two. You need two nineteen because two eighteen means it's going to be tied. Um, which would be hilarious. It would be a fully hilarious thing if both yeah. houses were tied. But it looks like the Republicans are very likely to have, you know, like in the low twenties. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Uh the Democrats have picked up one Senate seat, so they're back at yeah, fifty, yeah. and now we are just waiting on uh the Georgia runoff to see if we're gonna be at fifty or fifty-one. Um, 51 would be so nice. We don't have to deal with Joe Manchin. So nice. Yeah, we can, we can ignore one of Joe Manchin or Christian's Kristen cinema, which would be fantastic. Um, yeah, the 50 minus 51 actually is really meaningful. Uh, plus the 2024 map looks bad for Democrats. And so, um, we, we need everyone we can possibly get, uh, losing the house. I mean, in the short term, Obviously, it's bad. It's going to just be insane investigations on top of insane investigations. Um, it's going to be wild. As we've talked about on the podcast before, I wonder if maybe that's better for 2024 because it will um, serve to showcase the insanity that will be the GOP House Caucus. So maybe that's better. Um, so that's kind of the state of where we're at. We're, we've got a couple seats left, but looks like narrow margin uh in the senate uh for the democrats and narrow margin in the house for republicans and uh we're off to the races for 2024 yeah and, and obviously we're going to talk about this tonight uh, so if you if you couldn't tell um and tonight could be today for you i don't know when you're leaving. sorry sorry to put a timestamp on your yeah on why your are you got to be so sorry sorry timest with your yeah, time assumptions with my assumptions um but as we talked about, uh, you know, John talked about that. It also is interesting um, to see how the the split within the Republican Party is going to work out in the House yeah. versus, yeah, more classic, um, just conservatives and more far right MAGA Tea Party folks. Um, there's some Republican uh, Congress people who have come out saying um, the representatives who have come out saying that they would be open to working with some Democrats for electing speaker if need be. Um, but it looks like Kevin's now Kevin McCarthy's got that wrapped up is what it, uh, I'm hearing a little bit more because he basically folded to the MAGA. Um, so he was elected majority leader. Okay, um, okay, okay. But it is not clear at all that he has. Um, enough votes for speaker. Gotcha. So, um, the, and this is one of the reasons why the margins are so important. Uh, if, if it was a 40 seat majority for the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy would probably be speaker is my guess. Even if he lost 30 Republicans or whatever right now, he can lose basically none of them. And there's a few, um, on the more MAGA side, who've already said they're not going to support him. The thing that really throws a wrinkle in is that the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. So, you know, they they have so bizarre American. It's just fucking wild. Have we ever have we ever seen that? I don't know. That's a good question. If Google. Um, 
so, you know, with, with majority leader, your options are a lot more limited than speaker. And so we'll see what they choose to do. Like, for example, if the Republicans can peel off, or I mean, if the Democrats can peel off 10 Republicans, they can elect a speaker, right? So it's possible that, um, they get 10 Republicans to vote for Liz Cheney and the, all the Democrats vote for Liz Cheney and boom, now Liz Cheney has a platform for two years to run for president as speaker of the house. Right. So, um, those types of scenarios are definitely on the table, especially because, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy has a very weak hold on the caucus. And so it's entirely possible some weird shit like that could happen. Yeah. yeah. Checks and it's never happened. They've always been, they've always been in a, uh, from the body representative. Yeah. yeah. So in Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Also I was reading this. I had forgotten that they're the second in line behind the vice president. The speaker is the second in line for yeah. the presidency behind the vice president. So. And that's even more fucked up. And then it's not, it's the Senate pro tem. It's yeah, not it's the, the, it's mm-hmm. not the majority leader of the Senate. It's the Senate pro tem, which is the longest serving member of the Senate. Right. And then it goes to the executive branch, which is uh, secretary yeah. of state. And Treasury. this, my friends, is how you get Kiefer Sutherland as president. <laughs> this is how it works. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, look out! Look out, terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they ripped off a Tom Clancy novel for that, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, it was an interesting book. Tom Clancy. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, also incredibly important to note, which we love all six election deniers in the crucial election offices in the crucial battleground states for 2024 fucking lost. Goodbye. We love it. Get out of here. Turns out majority of people like democracy. Yeah. Suck it. It, 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 that was, um, like I am more optimistic than I was last podcast about the future of democracy. Like we have a lot of trouble right now. Um, it's not good where we're at, but I am very, very happy with, I could not have, if you would have said, what is your like rosiest prediction? For this, I would not have predicted that. I would not have yeah. predicted what happened, and so um, it's 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 really impressive. And and now I, I guess we should talk about this too. Um, one of the former uh, nominees of the Republican Party is running again for president. His name is Donald Trump. Oh yeah, um, I've heard of this. I've heard of this guy. Yeah, the the former guy, as we refer to him. Um, I don't want to like Lord Voldemort him, but also like attention is what he wants. And so I don't want to give it too much attention, but the announcement was not anything spectacular. His daughter immediately issued a statement being like, I'm not going to be participating. The national review, uh, posted a editorial immediately with the headline, no period. Right, and right. that's it. And so, you know, of course, there were like sycophants on Fox News who were like, this is one of the greatest speeches ever. Uh, there's this like very famous conservative 
troll on Twitter whose name I can't remember, but uh, in his name, in in parentheses, it says alpha male, which if you have to say it, it's not true. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. Isn't that amazing? That is the lifted truck of Twitter handles if I've ever seen <laughs> yeah, it in my yeah. life. Um, but he said, like, this totally changed the game, blah, blah, blah. It didn't. Um, it very feels much like this might actually be how he goes away. Is It's not a bang. It's not him like coming out in handcuffs or whatever. It's a whimper. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, nobody gives a shit anymore. Goodbye. Go back to Mar-a-Lago and rot. Yeah, yeah. I would love that. I would love if it was just like a yeah, slow whimper into the into the night. That would be fantastic. I mean, I would love it even more if he like really holds on and keeps trying and like doesn't get the Republican nomination, runs the third party candidate, splits the Republican vote. That would be even better. I'll take that. Um, I, th- I think that I think that that is actually more likely to happen than not to be perfect. Because right? he cannot take no. He cannot. He can't in in many ways, as we have learned from uh, (laughs) all of his sexual assault allegations, which we can call them allegations, but they're like fact. I mean, at this point, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. So he 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 must seek the nomination. If he doesn't get it, he must run as a third party candidate because of his ego. Also, because he believes it protects him from litigation. Yeah, and so there's I was there's this um new kind of Nate Silverish person I've been following on Twitter um, who's like nailed a bunch of the races and whatever. And he had an interesting little thread talking about no matter what Donald Trump has fucked the Republicans because either he gets the nomination, which as we just saw in this last election galvanizes Democrats and independents and their coalition is just not as big as ours. And we've, we've run that experiment now a good number of times. It's going to be really hard for them to win that again. And if he doesn't, then all of the MAGA fucks are going to sit out the election or vote for him as a third party candidate. And so basically, no matter what, like it's looking. And now, again, we said all this shit leading up to 16 and we can't get too cute with this. But like I'm gaming this out and I'm like, boy, this does not look good over there. Yeah. I think that the the big thing I would agree with you, John, and I think the big big question mark is what fucking curveballs mm-hmm. are the writers of this show <laughs> we call reality gonna throw at us, right? Because it's like we are just like one like you know I don't know like M thirteen gang like shootout on the border away from like, well, I don't know. That's not, but like, you know, an event could occur so, in which so, swings some opinions in certain ways. Right. As, as one of our um, book club uh, fellows has talked about, um, there are black swan events, right. Which are like completely unpredictable paradigm changing events um, that, that, you know, et cetera. Um, the interesting thing though, is those things happen all the time. Yeah. That's true. And so as, like, as we know as millennials, right? Um, so you should <laughs> be point. predicting that black swan events will happen. We just right. don't know what they will be. And so, yeah, so, you know, I mean, here's one Russia, uh, detonates a nuclear device, um, in the Antarctic as a threat to Ukraine. 
Right. What do we do then? Right. You know, like that's a big yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, there could be a financial crisis of some kind. Uh, China Those could never inv- happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, China could invade Taiwan. Like there are so many things that can happen. Joe Biden could have an aneurysm and die. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. we just we have no clue. Uh, or Donald Trump could have an aneurysm and die. Too, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Two years is he's pushing it already. Two more years. My favorite thing to do to get perspective on this is to, okay, so let's take the number of days that we are out from the presidential election. It's two years of some kind Uh, from like Iowa, let's say, right? The first presidential primary. Now let's go back to 2016 or 2015 or 2007 or 1999 or whatever. And let's see who was polling at that time at the equivalent date. And if you go back to right now in 2016, Donald Trump was polling at 1% and Jeb Bush was in like the twenties. Right. Right. And so, and imagine, imagine after the 2004 election being like, yeah, George Bush cleaned up on a counterterrorism and anti-gay right. Uh, right. ticket. And four years from now, Barack Hussein Obama, black guy, is getting elected for first of two terms. Yeah. So the point is, like, we have no fucking clue uh, yeah. what, it, what, what is going to be happening over the next two years. Um, totally, but totally. what to, I guess, bring it back to now, um, I will say that Donald Trump needed to change the narrative, um, from this election with his announcement in order to feel like it was a good announcement. And he absolutely did not. Yeah. Right. Right. I also think that it's going to be interesting to see over the next two years, as we were saying, what happens with the Republican party, but also what happens with the democratic party, you know, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, um, right. Like announced today. Yeah. That she is not going to be putting herself forward for, uh, speaker of the house, which minority leader, or excuse me. Yeah. Minority leader. Um, which she has been for how long since 2006. Wow. Right. Well, but she might've been the minority leader prior to that like she like, might yeah, have just been how long is she the head of the of the house um at Democrat? least since 2006 uh tw- 2002 uh wait 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 2002 yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep 2002 20 years 20 years y'all um which is just like wild, right? So yeah, so there's a power vacuum there. Then you have the Republicans being like, you know, being further right, more centrist. Uh, what what's going to be going on there? And then and all of that, like the candidates that come out, like as that all develops, the candidates that then come out of that, like mm-hmm. I feel like all of that rearranging and chessboarding is really going to impact the candidates. We and see another interesting part of this, I believe that. Uh, millennials have now overtaken baby boomers as the primary voting block. Yeah. And they like overwhelmingly, and then Gen Z is starting to be able to vote yeah, and, and there's they, overwhelmingly voting for Democrats. Democrats. And so <laughs> that's going to continue to increase. And so we are ripe for a dramatic p- uh, party realignment in this country. And we, we might be yeah. in the middle of it. I th- I think we are because I th- I actually and I I've been I've been on this I've been pushing this button actually since Trump like really started to once he got elected was was it is that because he he is doing that with the Republicans right and the Democrats now are in their own power vacuum 
I'm also curious what you all think about um, this conversation we're having in relation to the Senate um, passing the same se- the f- uh, same sex uh, mm-hmm. marriage recognition at the federal level today with mm-hmm. 62 votes. Mm-hmm. So they got whatever the 12 Republicans on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that is something that obviously in our lifetime, historically, Republicans have been staunchly against. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that that bill I have. I have low understanding of this, so let me caveat with that. But my low understanding is that that seeks to recognize existing state laws. And so if Obergefell fell tomorrow, that bill would not, like, protect all same-sex marriages everywhere. I would want to double-check that with someone smarter than me, but that is my understanding. So it's one of those kind of, like, great we passed it, really important we passed it. Also, like, there's a lot of fuckery that could happen with it, too, so let's not celebrate too much. Um, but it is, in the context of going back to 2004, um, it is yeah. a significant social victory um, and a significant shift in the the cultural wars of our childhood. Um, so that's interesting. Um, we have a lot of countervailing energy though i mean a lot of republican candidates campaigned on anti-trans um which right. is you know the same in the same issue set to me yeah um yeah. so and and there's new new social bugaboos like um critical race theory uh right. and yeah. and so like have we made progress yes but are we also just playing whack-a-mole with like prejudice also yes so yes. um what it comes down to, and I think I said this on the last podcast, is it's ultimately not an ideological problem. It's a collective action problem because we have a pretty firm consensus on a lot of issues in this country among the general population. We just have a lot of contention among the politically active part of our population. And so if we are able to engage the people who are not engaged in large numbers, we have a pretty firm consensus on a lot of things, same-sex marriage being one of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's lots of reason to be optimistic, but there's also lots of reasons to say, to be cautious and vigilant. And, uh, we have lots and lots and lots of room for improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's an understatement. Yeah. It is interesting to see how millennials keep voting, how Gen Z keeps voting. Um, because yeah, it's historically been older people who vote, right? Which there's like so many reasons for that, but like the obvious one is that they just have the time to do so. Um, and you know, again, make election days, federal holidays, ridiculous that they are not. Um, and and but I but I, it seems that these generations are a little more galvanized, and I and I think people feel that the stakes are higher. Uh, that, but let, that, yes, that, that's what I was going to say. Is again, like the biggest problem in the country when we were growing up was that the president got a blowjob and lied about it. Yeah. The biggest biggest problem in the country for these kids the last couple of years is financial collapse, a literal global pandemic and possibly the collapse of their political system. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, there's some differences there, you know, and I, and it's not something that's necessarily so abstract Everybody in the world was affected by COVID and the decisions our political leaders made. Yeah. So I think that they have, um, like going back (laughs) 
2004 apparently is very much on my mind. Um, I remember walking into the school the next day and people laughing at us and us being like, no, this is bad for you too. Like, this is not a thing that doesn't impact you. It impacts all of us. And that's why it's a problem, but you're a child and don't understand that. And I don't really understand what I'm saying either, but I'm at least able to like regurgitate the words. Right. And so, but I think now kids have, uh, uh, they're like, oh yeah, I had to sit in my house and couldn't go to college for five months because political decisions in part. And so, um, that becomes, you're going to get more like Mott used to say politics is personal. And so when, when I say that, what I'm talking about is like, we could have gotten out of home faster if we made better decisions around like every, we're going to do a a, 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 a national Manhattan project to v- put in ventilation systems in every fucking building we have in this country. Let's right. update all of that so that we can get kids back to school quicker. You know, like right. we could have made decisions around that. Obviously like everybody being at home was the right decision, but we could have yeah. had more political will around solving problems uh, yeah. that would have made it better for everybody in the country. Yeah. Or if we had a president who like acknowledged that there was a virus, you know, like more than, you know, more yeah. than like six months into the fucking pandemic. And then right? once he acknowledges, he asks you to drink bleach to solve it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we maybe not that. Um yeah, what a time. And yeah, it could cut both ways, right? You have people who are, but it's like, regardless, people are like, yeah, feeling the impacts a little bit more. And yeah, the political is personal. And also, you know, why are you making everything political? It's like, the only things that are not political for you are the things that don't impact you personally. Everything yeah. is yeah. political. Everything. Everything. Every, it is. It, you cannot care about politics, but politics cares about you. Yeah, right. right, and, right. and so like, it's your choice, but it's going to happen either way. Yeah, and some some politics and politicians um, care that you don't care and have vested interest in you not caring. So yeah, they have. In fact, uh, they deliberately make it such that yeah. there's yeah. a yeah. phenomenal. I'm sure I have pitched it before on this podcast, but I'm going to do it again. David Foster Wallace wrote in. Um, nonfiction narrative. It's rather long. It's like 50,000 words or so um, about the McCain campaign. It's called Up Simba. And um, it's got like one of the best uh, ruminations on leadership I've ever read. Um, It's incredibly interesting writing that matches the frantic nature of campaigns. Like there's three paragraphs and two sentences in a 50,000 word article. It's really cool how he, he did that. Um, but he talks about, uh, one of the main themes of it is politics sucks on purpose. So young people don't care about it. Right. And we read that article and then I walked into my college class and almost nobody had read it. Oh, amazing. And it was in the middle, it was in 2014 in the middle of the first government shutdown and I wanted to die. Yeah. But I highly recommend this piece to anybody interested in politics or writing for that matter. Um, but it's phenomenal. And one of the, one of the, it, it really makes the strong, the strong point that politics sucks 
on purpose so you don't care about it. And so the only way to make sure that it doesn't suck on purpose is to, is to care about it. And so, sorry, that's part of living in a democracy and being an adult. Eat your vegetables. Go to a town hall. Yeah, and I feel like we saw like like Obama made it fun and cool and sexy for a little bit, and yeah. then Trump made it like an absurd circus entertainment thing, right? And so you can see how when you engage, when you make it not sucky. Well, I mean, because you could still say it sucks, but when you make it like not so boring and drawn out, and that way, however that looks for you, people get engaged, you know, and that can be for better or worse. Yeah, and uh, it, it like. I I think that one of the coolest things about being a human is being involved in a community that you care about. And you can do that on a national level. And so, like, I personally, um, we, we haven't done much. Like, I don't absolutely want to hand out a gold star to any of us. But I do feel proud that we have continued to do this pro- podcast through three elections now that we've won and that's right and yeah let's give ourselves a little pat on the back for that (laughs) i don't know it's just you know turn that that needle you're welcome yeah our two listeners that's Um, right but you know like feeling a part of a project that's bigger than you is i think something that's um necessary for humans like we see that expressed in negative ways with these people who are joining, you know, like the Oath Keepers and things like that. Like they're seeking, and there's lots of interesting stuff talking about, you know, we've had dysfunction rises, like church going has, has declined. And part of that is just loss of community. Um, Our cities have been, have been dominated by vehicles. And so you lose that walking community. So I think this has affected us in lots and lots and lots of negative ways. And I think one of the best things to do is to get involved in a small way and you will then feel like you have a stake in your country. You'll feel like you have more control over your country. And, um, it's a really good anecdote to like depression and rage and, um, feeling like nothing matters in, in politics because it can. So get involved y'all. It's going to be very interesting to see. Well, I would also on this topic, I would just say, you know, it feels going to be part of something larger because, in fact, we are all part of something larger. Anyways, that may be for the metaphysics pod. Um, <laughs> we do a metaphysics pod? We should. <laughs> yeah, um, we should. <laughs> uh, I also, I, I think it's going to be really interesting also to see, like, just how things roll out, right, with the new, you know, now we have the quote-unquote gridlock, as they talk about in Congress, which is tens, uh, has historically been great for the economy, so we're going to see how that works out. <laughs> Turns out the economy likes it when they think that nothing's going to change uh, for a few years, so... Um, we'll see how that plays out, but it's going to be an interesting couple of years here of the clown show of the, in the house. And as we were saying, party realignment and, um, yeah, what a time to be alive continues. What I'm a having <laughs> a flashback to my poli sci degree. If I remember correctly, more legislation gets passed in a split Congress than not really because both parties can take credit for it. Wow. But does economies usually do good in split? In, oh, I'm not right? sure about the correlation of economies. Honestly, I, I don't know. But I'm pretty yeah. sure 
counterintuitively that more really interesting i god i wish kelly was on the pod to confirm that but i'm like literally having a flashback right now to my presidency class uh and so i'm I'm pretty sure that's a thing um but that's historic data not recent data in which we are in the 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 era of polarization so um i think it's much more likely that uh the Republicans spend their time um, investigating nonsense and Democrats spend their time passing symbolic legislation in the Senate. And Joe Biden spends his time um, trying to stop Putin from taking over Ukraine. Sounds great. Right. Uh, um, Tyler, yes or no, Joe Biden is the nominee in 2024 for the Democratic Party. Oh, wow. We are not in the uh, business of making predictions, but I'm going to predict no. Okay, I'm going to say yes, just to be contradictory. (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. But I think it is an open question. Yeah, I think it's an open question, too. So. Maybe. There is a um, historic precedent with with Lyndon Johnson, um, yeah. although you don't want to draw that uh, too closely because the reason he did that was primarily Vietnam. So, uh, yeah, uh, right, right, right. right. Well, listen, I don't want to run this too much, but did you hear that there was like a bunch of people went uh, like who were upset, you know, uh, a bunch of boomers who were upset because of like, yeah, young people voting and now they want to raise the age voting again. I saw this the 21- argument running around the Internet and I didn't, and I'm like, I didn't great, engage great. with it at all. Well, while we're having that discussion, how will we put an age limit on how old you can fucking yeah, be cap. to fucking vote? Yeah, because your brains are all fucking melted from all the fucking <laughs> shit in the, you know, all the fucking uh, shit in the water that you all been drinking since you were like kids. So you know what? You're not in sound mind either. Go fuck yourself. Do also, you, you they're the ones who... Lead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I couldn't even You're think of the word. So I'm so upset. I'm so mad. I couldn't think of the word lead. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, I'm not trying to make boomers. If you're listening, any boomers are listening. I don't really hate you all that much. There's some good, not all boomers, hashtag not all boomers. But I will say that it's really boomer of you, of those of you, to be the fucking generation that lowered the fucking age for you all to be able to vote at 18, and then when you get old, to fucking raise it back again? Because you don't like... That is some fucking yeah, like, boomer hey, shit right there. we did all there. these drugs, so we're going to start dare. You know what? Also, yeah. <laughs> we definitely yeah. shouldn't have done that voting thing. That was definitely a mistake. Let's bring uh, that shit back, too. Yeah, now yeah, that, yeah. Now that the off. kids pay into Social Security and Medicare, let's actually yank that, too, but let's... Yeah. let's for the next 10 years for us yeah that's uh, really awesome yeah <laughs> yeah god damn it well hey um and maybe it'll be a time for i'm very curious to see what like the squad and some of the younger members there's been some uh, first like members of gen z elected uh be representatives and also at the state level um so it's like let's see what the young young folks got. uh keep an eye on abigail spanberger she is a uh, i think i mentioned her um one of the last podcasts, but she is a uh, congresswoman from Virginia, a very swingy swing district. She seems to be the bellwether of the younger. She's kind of like the counter to the squad, almost a like moderate counter. Um, she has a national security background. 
very interested to see if they will bring her into the leadership. Um, so keep an eye on her. I think she's a rising star. I think she's someone to watch. Love it. Yeah, well, stay vigilant out there. Only two more years till the next election. Uh, it's less than that because we're gonna we're we're in primary season, baby. Oh God, it's oh, God. it's already started. It's already it's happening. Already here, baby. Um. So yeah, Polis twenty twenty four, baby. Godspeed. <laughs> Pushing that fucking Polis 2024. That's going to be be my thing now because I'm so annoyed about people asking me about the primary already. Right, right, right. It's so annoying. I guess I kind of just did it to you guys, but. (laughs) Well, it would be really great if you were right, though, in the end after. If it's like a joke that then becomes reality, that would be very on brand for life.